Sailing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We've been talking about Sailing God's People since uh, January the 19th, 2019, whenever we had a visitation from the Lord in Transamerica, Kenya, Africa. The Lord visited us saying, Seal my people by my word. As angel ascending from the east and the seal of the God, so send I you. And we began the podcast. And there are various uh, subjects there. Tune in to the podcast as we go into the depth of where we are now in the church, not in Pentecost, not Pentecostals, but in the season of tabernacles called Tabernacleist. The Lord's doing a new thing to those that have an ear to hear. It's a radical change. And those that have an ear to hear will follow the Lord right on in. And the new wine, the new thing that God is doing now. If we take a look at why Elijah must first come, on the last podcast, if you've tuned in, why that Lord said Elijah must first truly come and restore all things, the restoration. Acts 3, 20 and 21, for the heavens must receive Jesus into the times of the restitution or restoration of all things. And these things are the things of faith. It's the earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. When this happens, there's a great work in the season, not in the former reign of Pentecost, but in the latter reign of tabernacles. No longer being Pentecostals, but tabernacleists. God's calling us now for this work of the ministry to those that have an ear to hear. As we take a look, Jesus said in Matthew 17, in the Mount of Transfiguration, he taketh with him Peter, James, and John. And they went up into a mountain apart, there, not the, all 12 disciples, but only three, only of the inner circle. And while he was there, there appeared not only Jesus, but Moses and Elijah as well. And there's a reason why the two witnesses there are revealed with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. We find there that Jesus... When he's transfigured, his face is going to shine as it were the sun and his garments glistening. Now, why would Jesus have Moses and Elijah appear and Peter said, As the Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let us build three sukkahs, three tabernacles, three booths, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he wist not what he said. He did not know why he said it. Now as we take a look at Matthew 17. We find that Moses and Elijah appearing with Jesus. And Jesus is transfigured before them. And it says a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold a voice out of the cloud said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Now this is a witness from heaven when Peter and his epistle said we beheld his majesty. The man Christ Jesus. He saw that majesty of Jesus that he is the father of glory. His face shone as it were the sun. 
in brightness. The face is the glory. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. For the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Now we see that cloud, that Shekinah is revealed there. And the voice of the Lord literally spoke not as it did to Moses when the children of Israel came to Sinai and it burned with fire. And the Lord descended upon the mount and he spake. The word of the Lord came and the people of Israel said, Moses, let the Lord speak unto you and you bring it to us lest we die. Well, in Hebrews 12, it said the Lord will do this new thing, this new wine, this new thing that's never been done before. He said there that in those days, Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But this won't be as it was back then where God shook only the earth. But in these times, yet the Lord hath promised yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Not just Sinai, as Israel was delivered out of Egypt with a great exodus, a great deliverance. But the Lord hath promised yet once more, I shake not only the earth, as I did back then, but I shake also heaven. Why? That all those that can be shaken, all things that can be shaken may be removed. Those things are the ones uh, that have not followed the faith, which is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. They have not earnestly contended for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. They have not followed on to follow the Lord in the new thing. They were satisfied with Pentecost. They did not understand and know that there would be a work of the ministry and a very higher revelation of Jesus Christ in the knowledge of the Son of God. Because he had given some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us shall not be made perfect. All those that died in faith having never received the promise. But there will be a people before the second advent that will come unto perfection for the perfecting of the saints. He gave a fivefold ministry for that. For the perfecting of the saints. Why? For the work of the ministry. Because those that are perfected in full glory of Jesus Christ will be used in the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ until we all come into the unity of the faith. Not only the babies, not just the little children, not just the young men, but all, even the fathers, turn the hearts to the children, and children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth, God said, with a curse, Malachi 4. Therefore, the work of the ministry that is in that full faith, the unity of the faith, 
not a denomination, not just a denominal belief of Jesus, but full knowledge of Jesus unto the knowledge of the Son of God. That knowledge is not gnosko. It's not knowing Jesus just after the Spirit and not after the flesh, having the Spirit of Christ in you, having the Holy Ghost. But it is epigenosko, epi higher glory, gnosko. Well, what is that? The knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, for whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Not a lesser image, not a Pentecostal image, but a full-blown image of Jesus Christ in tabernacles. That's the reason why Peter said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let us build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, because that would be the other two witnesses of the Lord Jesus. But it was not what he said. He didn't know why he said it. Then we find there's a cloud, and then the voice from heaven that spake, this is, my, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Him is the word, knowing him that's from the beginning. That is the word of God that will be revealed in the last days. And then, when Peter, James, and John arise, they did not see Moses. They did not see Elijah. They saw Jesus only. And I'm reading here in Matthew 17. When the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. Just like the children of Israel were when they heard the voice of the Lord on Mount Sinai and the mount burned as with fire. And whosoever touched the mount would be thrust through with a dart. But Paul tells us, God's not just doing this, shaking the earth only. That he is shaking not only the earth, but also heaven. He's promised yet once more. The final thing that God will do, the great thing. That he will shake, not shake the earth only, but also heaven. That all that can be shaken may be, may be removed. As of things that are made. Man-made doctrine. Man-made faith. Taking for commandments, the doctrine, the doctrine of Christ as commandments of men, not commandments of God. So God's going to literally shake those things. And all that is man-made and things that are made will be done away with. He had promised yet once more. He shakes not only earth as he did with Israel coming out of Egypt on Mount Sinai, but he will shake not only the earth, but also heaven that all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made. The things that are made are man-made doctrine, faith, which is the substance of things, but these are things that were not in the doctrine of Christ. So that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Those that have the true faith of Jesus, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. As many as be perfect, be thus minded, and if you be any otherwise minded, God will reveal this even unto you, Paul said. Well, that those things that cannot be shaken may remain. That's the remnant of our seed. 
Those are the ones that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus are the things in the word of the book of this prophecy. That's a revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave in him to show unto his servants things and must shortly come to pass. Sent and signified it by his angel unto John. And that is exactly what John saw in Revelation 10. The seven thunders uttered their voices. John was about to write. Says, Do not write. Seal it up. Take the little book, the Bibliorinian, out of the angel's hand and eat you all of it. This is all truth. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is the book of this prophecy. And it can only be understood and revealed by the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy, to understand the things in the book of this prophecy. And it was told John, John, it will be sweet to your mouth as honey. Revelation. But it'll be belly, uh, bitter to your belly. Why? Because of the sufferings. The trial of the bitter herbs of the word of God. Nobody's going to give it to you. You have to take it. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. The law and the prophets were unto John. Since that time, men pressed their way into it, pressing toward that mark, that tav, not the aloth, but the last letter in the Hebrew diary, which is the tav, which is uh, literal salvation. The final tav is the consummation of all things. Pressing toward the mark, that tav, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There in Hebrews 12, it tells us that all that cannot be shaken may remain. That's the remnant of her seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. He's doing it now. There, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And it says, uh, those that remain, let us, those that have remained, have reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. This is judgment laid to the line, righteousness to the plummet, that we will know the height, depth, length, and width of Christ. A read like unto a rod given to John, saying, Rise, measure the temple of God and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without, leave out and measure it not. It's given unto the Gentiles. And the holy city shall be trodden underfoot. Forty-two months, time, times and a half, three and a half years, a thousand two hundred and threescore days. It's only when the voice of the Lord comes there on the Mount of Transfiguration that we see the revelation of Jesus only given. That it's not Moses working those judgment miracles upon Egypt, destroying all the gods of Egypt. It is not Elijah doing the kingdom miracles of Elijah. It's Christ in him that's doing it. And we know this because 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11 says that all the Old Testament prophets, Moses, Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, 14 minor prophets, all the way to Malachi, all prophesied what? By the, by the Spirit of Christ that was in them. 
prophesied by the Spirit of Christ that was in them, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them, when it signified, when it testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ. Every prophet in the Old Testament prophesied by Christ, which is that Spirit. And that is the reason why Christ is the foundation of the church. Upon this rock I'll build my church, God said. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That is the revelation of the rock. What is that? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that's the witness that God bear, that Jesus, he is his only begotten Son, in whom he's well pleased. Hear ye him. That's the word. And we've gone from newborn babes to little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Then we've grown still more from, from glory to glory to that of young men. Now, I write to you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. Those are the overcomers in Revelation, the second and third chapter. But there's finally a, an apocalyptic sealing of Revelation 7, which the seal the servants of our God in their forehead. Those are the ones that have the mind of Christ. And those are the fathers. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that's from the beginning. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that's from the beginning. 1 John 2, 12-14. The final stage of that in glory is fathers. They've grown from newborn babes to little children to young men to fathers. And that's exactly what he said of Moses and Elijah in Malachi 4. Remember my servant Moses. Be so, behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. And that's exactly what's happening on the Mount of Transfiguration. Moses and Elijah are there with Jesus. But when the voice of the Lord comes, they have the revelation of Jesus only. They don't see Moses anymore. What Moses doing the judgment miracles upon Egypt? It was Jesus only. They don't see Elijah anymore. Why? Because it was not Elijah, but Christ in Elijah, Jesus only, that was doing the kingdom miracles. Therefore, they saw Jesus only. When they come down off the mount, they ask a question. And here it is. And it says, uh, when they came down, the disciples asked him, saying, why then say the scribes that Elias or Elijah must first come? Now, they've seen Moses. They've seen Elijah. Then they say, well, why do the scribes say that Elijah must first come? Jesus says Elijah truly must first come and restore all things because the heavens must receive Jesus in times, until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things the things of faith until the body of Christ is led and guided into all truth because faith is the substance of things oh for the evidence of things not seen and the revelation of Jesus Christ that they have here seeing Jesus transfigured before them along with Elijah and Moses John sees in Revelation 1 verse 1 is the revelation of Jesus Christ 
that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Sent and signified it, sealed it by his angel unto John. And John, in Revelation 10, when he has eaten that little book, it's sweet to his mouth as honey, bitter to his belly. And after he's written, after he, he has literally uh, ate that book, that little book, notice that it is spoken to John. John, you must again prophesy, preach, proclamate, proclaim this word. What you have eaten in all things, which is sweet to your mouth as honey, but bitter to your belly. You must again prophesy before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. Why? Because John the Baptist forerun Jesus' first coming. John, in the body of Christ, that beloved disciple, through the body of Christ, will forerun Jesus' second coming in the spirit of Elijah. Because Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. The body of Christ is that John in the spirit of Elijah, Revelation 10, that must again prophesy before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. For those that have an ear to hear, God's doing it now. John Forerun Jesus' first coming, the Baptist. He did not many miracles. But John, in that spirit of Elijah, in the last days that have eaten the little book, sweet to their mouth as honey, bitter to their belly, after they have eaten that book, that little book, and eaten all of it, they will be the ones that will preach this gospel of the kingdom into all the earth for a witness unto all nations. And then, and only then will the end come. This is what God is doing now. But it's only that the word, the voice of the Lord comes, that we see this Jesus-only doctrine, that we understand it's Christ in all and through all and in all that's doing this. It's not us. It's Christ in us. Just as Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith. Well, how we live? We're living by the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And God is restoring that now to those that have an ear to hear. Right now, that Elijah ministry is being restored. It is John, the body of Christ, being led and guided into all truth, not partial truth. Not in the sweet by and by, but eating that little book, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that is what God is doing now. We'd love to hear from you. Download the ebooks for any gift or offering. There, we make these ebooks available to those that help us in the work of the ministry to help us get this word out. And we make it available to you, the ones that want to go deeper in the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him, just showing to his servants things. God's really revealing those things now. It's the deep things of God. Why? Because the deep calleth unto the deep, and it answers by the water spouts. 
there, it is those uh, that were likened to a wise man that dig deep and founded a rock. That's the reason why the revelation of Christ is so essential and necessary for us to understand the work of the ministry. Why? Because when Jesus in John 8 stated, John 8, 13, the Pharisees came to him, said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record is not true. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true because I'm not alone. I'm one that bears witness of myself, record of myself, and my father that sent me, he beareth record of me. Now notice Jesus changes the record. The next verse he says, it is written in your law, the testimony. He goes to the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness. He didn't say record. He said, I am one that beareth witness of myself, that is the flesh, in the days of his flesh, his body, and my father that sent me. He beareth witness of me. There's the witness in the testimony of Jesus, the two witnesses, the body of Christ in the days of Jesus' flesh and the spirit. They said, where is your father? Jesus said, if you don't know me, you should know my father also. And then he goes on, and as he says there, states in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, the father of glory, you shall die in your sins. Thus they understood not expected them of the father. Many do not understand that today, thinking there is a trinity God, a triune, and Jesus is part of God, a partial God junior, spirit junior, that he's part of God a part of the Godhead, which is a total lie. Those that have an ear to hear coming into the faith that was once delivered to the saints. The testimony of Jesus is that spirit of prophecy. It is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. It is knowing those things that he's given to the servants of God, which will allow them to be sealed in their forehead through the word of God. We'd love to hear from you. They write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office, Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. We'd love to meet you. Or if you have questions, drop us a line. You can reach us there. They're at sealinggodspeople.org or dennisbeard.org. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. love to connect with you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.